Hey guys, so you know this is Malam Malam. We're here with Revelation uh, 14. And 14, let me give y'all the breakdown of 14. 14 is the lamb and the 144,000. And then we're going to talk about the proclamation of three angels. And then we get to reaping of the earth's harvest and then reaping of grapes of wrath. So we got four parts in Revelation 14. So Bible's out. Let's go. So here we go. Revelation 14, 1 starts with the lamb and the 144,000. Then I look and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion with and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters and like the voice of loud thunder and I heard the sound of harvest playing their harps they sang as it were a new song before the throne before the four living creatures and the elders and no one could learn that song except the one hundred and forty four thousand who were redeemed from the earth these are the ones who were not defiled with women for they are virgins these are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes these were redeemed from among men being first fruits to god and to the lamb and in their mouths was found no deceit for they are without fault before the throne of God. The proclamation of three angels. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. And another angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed them saying, with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest, day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. 
Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Reaping the earth's harvest. Then I look and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle, and reap, for the time has come to you to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Reaping the grapes of wrath. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth, and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city and the blood of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. Y'all, let's go ahead and unpack this. So John's vision in the beginning, right, we see in chapter 14, it includes Yeshua and the same 144,000 sealed believers who were described in chapter 7. So they are singing a song of praise to our God while standing on Zion. The general area of the city of Jerusalem. So the sealed believers are further described as spiritually pure in stark contrast to the wicked people who took the mark and they worship the Antichrist. That is found in Revelation 14 verses 1 through 5. So now John sees three angels delivering messages of warning and prophecy. Now these messengers predict God's impending judgment on sin and evil. In these statements, it's a comment of those who accepted the mark of the beast, right, described in chapter 13. Those who take that mark are bound for eternal damnation. I'm going to repeat that. They're bound for eternal damnation. There is no redemption for someone who takes the mark. So these are not the 
uh, believers. These are the unbelievers. They did not put their trust in the Most High God. Okay. So this further supports that the mark of the beast is not something casual. It's not something hidden. And those who take it are rejecting God. And then this part of the passage ends with a word of encouragement to Christians who suffer persecution for their faith. That's Revelation 14, verses 6 through 13. Remember, these are the three angels. The first angel, let me just kind of go back over this, just really briefly about these angels. It's super duper important, right? So the first angel is basically flying around and he's preaching to everyone who's on the earth. Revelation 14, 6. Um, to every nation, to every tribe, tongue, and people, right? He is saying in a loud voice, fear God and give him glory for the hour of his judgment has come. The worship and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs and water. And then you have the second angel that's flying out. And the second angel is saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. That great city because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And then the third angel the third angel, Revelation 14, 9 says, with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out in full strength into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb there is no redemption for someone who takes the mark of the beast you literally have three angels getting this out to the people on the earth at the time that this is happening okay so the last parts of revelation 14 goes on to further explain jesus is holding a sickle this is a farming tool that is used to cut the plants right during the harvest time so the first one, well, the third part of 14, but it's two different harvests, right? Please understand that. The first one is reaping the earth's harvest, okay? So it's symbolizing um, the return of Christ, right? <clears throat> right before battle. And um, in terms of the grape harvest just as they are ready, right, to be plucked, ready to be taken, 
the wickedness of unbelievers on the earth will have reached a point at this moment. So just as the wine press crushes the shredded grapes, right, to make wine, the wrath of God was going to tear apart those who fight against Christ at the end of tribulation. This is what it's explaining in these last two. The earth's harvest and the reaping of grapes of wrath. This is it. This is the end of having some type of redemption. The angels are flying around to tell you, hey, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't take it. This is what's going to happen if you do. So you got the first one preaching the gospel. You got the second one saying, hey, don't do it. You got the third one saying, if you do it, this is what's going to happen. Can't make this any more clear. Take this to the Father. Allow the Holy Spirit to explain this to you. Break it. He's going to break it down. He's going to explain it to you. Read this in the parts. Try to understand it. Don't go in with preconceived notions. Allow the Holy Spirit to explain it. Follow Christ while you can. Time is super short. These angels are literally proclaiming it. But before we even get to that part, y'all, let's be those ones that are caught up in the rapture. You don't want to be here for this tribulation. I promise you do not want to be here during this time. We're still in the age of grace and let's accept the grace that our father gave us. Trust and believe in him. I cannot express it enough. Time is short. And he loves us all. He truly does. Next time we're going to get into chapter 15. But you know what? Before I even finish, I'm going to just try to bring it home just a little bit more. I feel like we can talk about this just a little bit more. So this is basically the fall of Babylon in Revelation 14, right? Babylon, we know, is a symbol of evil. So Babylon is brought down for making all nations drink the wine of the wrath of her fornication. We saw that in Revelation 14, verse 8. Babylon is shattered by God, who remembers the city's sinful habits and gives it the cup of wine of the fierceness of his wrath. We're going to read that in Revelation 16. Um, verse 19. So in the Old Testament, prophets um, often prophesied about the fall of the ancient Babylon, the capital of its empire that destroyed Jerusalem and let God's people um, and led God's people away in chains. So much later, among the Christians, 
Babylon may have been a cold name for Rome. It's a city built on seven hills. We're going to see that in Revelation 17, verse 9. And it's the center of the imperial power that severely persecuted Christians under the Roman Empire, um, Domitian. You guys, they used to put Christians on stakes and burn them alive. They would uh, dip them in oil, burn them alive. They had these Roman games where they would um, be like in a huge stadium and they would have like the lions like pull them apart to their death. Like this was their entertainment. This is how they persecuted Christians. So the Antichrist is said, one, to have the spirit spirit of um, one of the ones who did this persecution to the early Christians then. I'm not trying to put fear in anyone's heart, but please, please understand that we're in the age of grace. The age of grace, like everything else, is going to come to a close. And so anyone who chooses Christ after the age of grace will be martyred for that choice. I'm not saying it doesn't happen now. In some countries it does. I've read of some things that it does. But this is going to be worldwide. This is going to be like no other time the Bible describes. Choose them now. While we're in the age of grace. Choose them because of all he has blessed you with. Choose them because he loves you. Choose them because Without him, this is going to be the life for many with fire and brimstone. Choose him because, because he created you in his image. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Amen. Choose him because he is love. Because he is truth. Because he will never deceive you. He will never lead you down a path of destruction. He will never confuse you. Choose him because he is love. Y'all, our time is short. And this is over. Next time, we're going to be talking about the prelude to the bold judgments, Revelation 15. I love you guys. Go in peace. Shalom.